all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for joining us today on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me today, I have Dr. Elena Dent, who is an instructor in the Department of Preventive Medicine and also a registered dietitian. And we're going to be focusing in today on the role of healthy lifestyles in preventing and treating chronic illness and kind of helping your immune system out a little bit. If you've got a question or a comment for us, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Our email is fit at mpbonline.org. Or you can interact with me over on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie, and drop us a question there. Good morning, Elena. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're... Um, you're, you're in a new role at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, which I'm super happy to have you in because it means you're working very closely with me. But tell us what you tell us a little bit about you and, and what you do. Sure. Um, so, um, like you mentioned, I am a registered dietitian, and I've uh, been. I can't believe now it's been more than ten years. Um, <laughs> it flies, doesn't it? It just it it goes does. so fast. It does. Um, so I, in my new role here. Um, I get to do a little bit of everything, which is so exciting for me. Um, so I, I get to do some education and instruction for nutrition with uh, some of the medical students and residents. And um, I am also um, get to do a, a little bit of patient care with you in the lifestyle medicine clinic. And um, also trying, you know, working on some potential nutrition related research projects. So, you know, just a a little bit of everything. Just a little bit of everything, which is, is so great, you know, and I really love the fact that we're um, putting nutrition education more in health science curriculums so that medical students and nursing students and pharmacy students that they're getting exposed to this um, this content because it's so important. I mean, it, it nutrition is just one of the foundations of, of health and if you're right. a regular listener to the show, you know, we talk about nutrition a lot. And actually, you and I were approached about, I don't know, probably about two weeks ago to help um, contribute to uh, a publication about nutrition and immune function and supporting the immune system. And we did that. It, you know, we pushed it out. It, it went well. And that kind of made my, my spidey senses tingle. I said, well, you know what? we need to talk about this on the radio too, because we got to reach people however we can um, print or on the radio. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today um, is the role of not just nutrition, but lifestyle in general and being able to, you know, prevent or improve um, chronic diseases. 
So, you know, we've been talking a lot about COVID. It's everywhere and rightfully so. Um, but what what's the role in, in all this in, in COVID? Well, you know, nutrition, as you mentioned, plays an important role. Um, we know in really all basic physiological conditions. So whether it is COVID or another chronic disease, really your base uh, nutrition plays a huge role in your risk of not only um, contracting one uh, the uh, virus, but also Im- importantly being able to fight and um, you know appropriately recover if you do contract the virus. So if you start out with a healthy, um, you know, a good base and for of nutrition, that can be extremely important in your outcome should you, you know, contract the virus. Yeah, and you know when we look at the the data that we have available, and we look at the folks who have a a worse outcome with COVID or with just regular influenza, there are certain conditions that lend themselves to not having as good of an outcome or actually uh, increasing the risk of, of dying from those things. Right. And, you know, in particular with COVID, when we look at it, you know, the top four are, you know, hypertension, so high blood pressure, um, diabetes, uh, obesity, and even throwing in some some kidney issues and, and those types of things there and heart disease. So when we kind of extrapolate that out to the general population, you know, the number one killer in America is heart disease anyway. And so really, uh, you know, attacking what is driving heart disease has a, a double effect in improving the number one killer already, as well as hopefully decreasing your risk of having a, a, a negative outcome if you are to acquire COVID. So I think it's important for us to kind of talk about when we say using nutrition or lifestyle to impact chronic disease, what are we, what are we really talking about? What, what kind of nutrition right. changes do we need to do? Right. Um, well, first and foremost, um, <laughs> be weary of where you get or be mindful of where you're receiving your nutrition <laughs> recommendations. Yes. Okay? I cannot stress that enough. If Facebook tells you that if you eat this, you know, one specific food, it's going to prevent or cure, um, I, you know, be very weary of that because that yeah. is uh, very likely not, not true. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, driving or getting to the cause of uh, like heart disease or some of those other chronic diseases um, and nutrition playing a role, it all comes back to a a very basic, very just healthy diet, which includes a wide variety of foods. So, you know, and it's it's not rocket science, okay? Most of us know really what we should be eating, um, you know, but it's it's easier said than done, right? So, you know, fruits and vegetables, I cannot stress variety enough. Um, Now, there certainly are certain vitamins and minerals that we get um, from fruits and vegetables that have been, uh, you know, connected and related to um, immune health. And so those are things like our vitamin C that you get in like your citrus um, fruits. We get it in lots of colorful, um, leafy vegetables. And um, just, you know, a wide, a wide variety. 
So um, there's no, you know, one specific food that's going to, you know, completely prevent or cure, um, you know, your risk. So um, I, I can't stress enough a wide variety. And then other than that, really being mindful of trying um, to limit the amount of processed foods or high sugary foods and uh, beverages that you consume, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so trying to cut back on that sweet tea or that soda, and then just a lot of those packaged, packaged foods, because um, foods that are high in sugar and uh, refined refined, very processed foods, as well as foods that are high in saturated fats, um, can have also been uh, related to uh, the immune system and how it interacts with the immune system and can impact your risk and outcome, um, you know, for diseases related to that. Yeah, absolutely. So whenever I'm working with someone, or I'm sure when you're working with someone, and I do kind of a, a diet recall, or I ask them, you know, tell me about a, a typical day, or the last 24 hours, or the last three days, you know, something like that, and you're, you're telling me the foods and beverages that you choose, you know, there's a reason uh, why we're doing that, and one is to just kind of gauge the overall, you know, dietary pattern that, that you have, because there are nutrients or foods that are going to push us closer to a healthy metabolic pattern or healthy heart. And there are foods and nutrients that are going to push us farther away from that. And what I try and emphasize is we do not have to be perfect, right? Perfection is not required. I am not perfect. I'm sure you are not perfect either when you're building, (laughs) when you're building your plate. Um, But we do want intentional choices, right? So we don't just eat things out of habit or because that's what we've always done. We want to intentionally choose foods that are going to meet our health goals, whether that be getting your blood pressure better or improving your blood sugar or lowering your cholesterol or losing weight. And so when I look at a dietary pattern, I ask myself, myself a couple of questions, you know, how much of this, you know, 24 hours that I'm looking at is from things like saturated fat, cholesterol, added sugars, and added sodium, right? And then how much of it is full of fiber-rich things, right? And that's really kind of the, the balance that I'm trying to strike because with the fiber also comes the vitamins and minerals and these other things that we've talked about that are good for us. And it's really about balancing those things out to meet meet our needs. And so I think it would be helpful if we talked a little bit about sugar, because I know that is a it's a hot topic as to what, you know, what we should yep. do in terms of sugar. You know, I work with a lot of patients with diabetes, which you do as well. You're a certified diabetes educator. And I don't know about you, but the the question I get all the time is, can I have fruit? Doesn't it have too much sugar in it. Right. So what, you know, what the heck, what's the skinny on sugar? (laughs) Okay. So here's the the skinny on sugar. Um, less is less is definitely better, which we all know that, but you know, there's a difference in, are you getting your sugar from highly processed, um, refined carbohydrate sources such as, um, soda, um, candies, packaged sweets, or are you getting it from, like you mentioned, fruits, 
and I would, you know, fruits, they do naturally intrinsically have sugar in them. Um, but they also contain, as you mentioned, fiber and lots of vitamins and minerals. Um, and so those help the, you know, ultimately the way you are going to process and the, the way in which your blood sugar is going to respond to that. So I tell people, please don't be scared to eat a piece of fruit. Now, don't sit down and eat, you know, eight bananas in one setting, but I no. would much rather <laughs> you eat um, a piece of fruit than, you know, a handful or, you know, several little fun size Snicker bars, right. for example. So yeah, right. sugar, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough one. I mean, I have a sweet tooth myself and it's just, it's a, a constant, like you said, being intentional about it, but also not striving for perfection, um, you know, cause that often is the enemy of success, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. Joining me today, of course, via distance, as we are still enforcing social distancing, I have Dr. Elena Dent. She is a registered dietitian and also faculty at UMMC in the Department of Preventive Medicine. And we're really talking today about how nutritional choices, and other lifestyle factors can help us foster a healthy immune system as well as prevent and treat chronic disease. And so before we went on the break, we were talking about sugar and really kind of the difference between added sugars and um, naturally occurring sugars in fruit. And the take-home message with there kind of was, you know, don't be afraid to eat fruit. Um, it's certainly going to beat uh, a candy bar or, you know, a cookie cake, something that is refined um, any day of the week in terms of a nutrient profile and how it affects your blood sugar. We're going to talk a little bit about the relationship between food um, and, and your choices as well. But if you have a question or a comment for us, you can give us a call. Um, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring or you can send me a Facebook message, Healthy Habits with Josie. And we've had several Facebook messages come in today um, that we'll work on. And one of them, before we dive into relationship with food, directly relates to the sugar question um, that we just had. So I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. So it asks about white sugar. And is white sugar 
um, you know, detrimental to women? And does it increase pain during your menstrual cycle? And that's an absolutely wonderful question. And I know I have some thoughts on it. Elena, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So um, whether it's honestly, in my opinion, white sugar or, um, you know, even brown sugar. Uh, yes, let's talk about that. Processed. Let's talk about that. The, you know, yeah. we usually say avoid white things and eat more brown right. things, but brown right. sugar, no, that's not it. Yeah. So tell and me. Even, <laughs> even when it says the little brown packet that says sugar in the raw, I still consider that uh, when we're considering just white sugar, yeah. uh, sugar in general. Uh, but yeah, that's a great question because uh, if we think um, sugar has, you know, you can relate it when we think about diabetes and other conditions, they all have in common that they um, have this role in the inflammation cascade. And so if we have consumed lots of, of sugar that can contribute um, to some of uh, the inflammation cascade, which you can definitely, it's, you know, during your menstrual cycle is not certainly not going to, um, you know, from a physiological standpoint, uh, necessarily help. But from a mental standpoint, um, sometimes having that um, sugar you know, at least for me, uh, sometimes will make me feel a little, a little better. Um, but I would say it, you know, in all seriousness, it is something that you should, um, be mindful of and not consume large amounts of, um, in general, but also, you know, when you're, when you are, um, experiencing that time. Yeah. And you know, that, that kind of mirrors my thought, you know, when we talk about chronic disease, any chronic disease, diabetes, um, you know, heart disease, osteoarthritis or any of the types of arthritis, the inflammation is underlying a lot of those. And we have to look at foods that kind of promote inflammation or, or kind of, you know, initiate or support that inflammatory cascade you were talking about. And then foods that kind of help tamp it down a little bit. Um, knowing that no food is a magic bullet and, you know, just adding something to your diet is not going to, you know, cure all of these things. But when we look at an added sugar, so something that was not part of the food when it was created out of the, the earth, then we do know that that type tends to promote more inflammation. And so I have a lot of patients that I work with that have chronic pain from a variety of reasons. It may be rheumatoid arthritis or, you know, chronic back um, injuries and, and that kind of stuff, or just, you know, fibromyalgia, those types of things. And as we start to pull back on the added sugars, that the, their ability to uh, manage that pain tends to improve a little bit um, there. Of course, we're not just working on diet. We're working on a lot of these other things that are going to help support pain reduction as well. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of with you there that they do tend to promote inflammation. Now, that's not saying that the occasional, you know, sweet treat is, is bad. Remember, we're not trying right. to be perfect. Um, but when we look at that dietary pattern, if a large chunk of what we're consuming is coming from added sugars, that may make things worse. You know, if we've got sodas and um, then, you know, sweetened baked goods or um things that are heavy in, you know, uh, syrups and that kind of stuff, it's not doing us any favors. And so as much as we can pull back on that and still have a nice, healthy relationship with food and enjoy food, that's, that's what we want to do there. Um, and so that kind of takes me to the question I had before the break, which is, you know, our, the way we think about food 
or, you know, why we choose to eat the way we do is, is almost more important or it's equally as important as what we choose to eat. Right. Definitely. You know, what I think about is all the folks who stress eat, right. Right. You know, and so in response to stress, which heck everybody's stressed out right now. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, we, some folks turn to food to, to fill that gap and, then, unfortunately, what I see after that is the guilt, right? So we've got the stress, the eat, the guilt. And that just doesn't set us up for a healthy relationship with food, right? No, I think you're, you're hit, like spot on. Um, because if we, and I think you have probably, I'm sure you've noticed this when you're working with patients, what we're really doing when we, uh, with nutritional counseling is trying to get to that, you know, that behavioral um, change and fi- understanding why we eat the way we eat, like you said, because it makes all the difference in the choices that we make. Um, and when we have, when we do, um, are stressed and we, you know, eat things we feel like we shouldn't, and we feel that guilt that just feeds into this cycle of, you know, of feeling like, well, I've, you know, I've already screwed this up. I'm already not doing what I should do. And you're not as likely to make better choices. Um, so I think, you know, our relationship with food has such a huge impact that many of us may have never thought about or don't realize um, how much it does impact not only what we eat, but our overall um, approach to health and wellness. All right. Absolutely. Because if we take that one step further and we think about all of the other kind of lifestyle things that impact your immune function and your ability to fight off infection and to stay healthy, stress is a big part of that, you know, and so if we've got, um, stress, which like I said, we've all, we all do right now, and we're kind of using maybe less than desirable food choices to help deal with that stress, we're just really kind of further, uh, injuring our immune system. You know, we've really got to, to get at the, at the root of the stress and work on some, some different coping strategies, uh, to, to deal with that. Not that it's, anything wrong with you if you're having trouble with stress, but we want to help you develop a, a, uh, more sustainable, healthy way to, to deal with those. You know, that's why I recommend, you know, consults with clinical psychologists all the time so that we can work on different coping strategies. That's why we work on, um, you know, things like, Uh, mindfulness and guided imagery and mindful walking and all these other kinds of things that we can use to uh, help deal with the stress, not make it go away, but help deal with the stress that involves not turning to a food-based product there. So the number one question I ask folks is, were you hungry when you ate that? And so I think that's an important question to ask ourselves. It is, because um, oftentimes when we think we're hungry, we're probably, we're really just bored or we may be thirsty. Right. Or it may be a habit, you know. Of course. There's lots of folks that say, you know, when I sit down at the end of the day to watch TV or, or you know, whatever it is, I usually have a snack with me, right? And so that's a really great time to stop and go, okay, tell me, tell me about that snack. You know, what, what is leading you to choose a snack at that particular time? Are you hungry or is it a habit just from, from boredom, you know, that type of thing. And that, that's an important thing. And if you're really hungry and you really want it, I don't have a problem with you picking it, you know, that that's okay. 
um, I would like for you to cut the TV off while you eat it so that you can appreciate it. Like if I'm going to have a, a piece of like, so my, let's see, I love coconut things and I love like chocolate pie with whipped cream on top. Mm-mm, that's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to eat it, like I need some alone time with my pie. <laughs> like I, <laughs> you need your moment. I need my moment. Like I'm going to look at it. I'm going to sniff it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to take my time savoring it because it's delicious and I enjoy it. So I'm going to be fully present while I'm, while I'm munching on it, you know, so that I really get the full satisfaction of eating it versus, you know, just kind of, uh, eating out of a bag or, you know, that is really one thing that I think sabotages a lot of people is when they take a multi-serving bag of something and sit down in front of the TV with it, because very, very quickly you will, um, you will just slurp through all of that and really not, uh, you know, appreciate, how delicious it was. So, you know, those are important things to think about there as you're, as you're choosing food. But, you know, I'm very much a proponent of we don't make foods good or bad. I agree. agree. You know, like they're, they're food. Let's not give them a moral virtue. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, really paying attention and having your moment with your chocolate pie um, and not being in front of the TV. And what I've caught myself, especially um, since we're spending more time at home during um, COVID, is, you know, if I don't eat in front of the TV and I'm sitting at my table, um, that's great. But I catch myself scrolling on my phone. And I just want to make the point that it doesn't matter if it's on your phone, on a tablet, or your TV. Screens in general um, can be very distracting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so what I've found myself doing is taking my phone and at least turning it face down because, you know, if I'm, if we're having dinner and I'm eating and I see the screen light up, you know, which means somebody has messaged me something or sent me an email or something, then I feel obliged to pick it up and see what, what they need. Right. Right. You know, and that's a, that's a, a fault that I'm working on, but you know, if I just turn it over, you know, even if it's not out of sight, if I just turn it over, then I don't get that visual stimulus that's like, hey, somebody's trying to to get in touch with you there. So, you know, that's kind of how I'm I'm dealing with trying to unplug a little bit, which helps with stress as well. You know, as much as we can get away from, you know, some of the negativity that we're seeing on on social media, especially the, the better, cause it just makes my blood pressure go up and gives me palpitations uh-huh. sometimes when <laughs> I see it, you know? Um, and, and, and so that's an important thing there. Um, uh, but I'm thankful for folks that who, who are choosing to, uh, send me questions and messages through, um, through my Facebook page that we're able to address here, um, on, on the show, as well as replying back to you. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. 
Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Dr. Elena Dent, and we've been talking about the role of nutrition and healthy lifestyles in helping to support a healthy immune system and improve some of your chronic diseases. If you've got a question or a comment for us, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 877 7464 Our email is a fit at mpbonline.org. Or you can message me over on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. We've gotten several um, Facebook messages um, sent in today, and two of them are are related. So I'll kind of do those two together. Um, the first is asking about vitamin D supplementation because they uh, this person has seen uh, some of the, the social media posts and news about vitamin D and COVID. So it asks, should everyone be taking a vitamin D supplement? And then the next um, question that's related to that is, uh, actually about children. And so it says with, you know, school starting right around the corner, is there any particular vitamin or daily supplement that we should be giving our kids in order to um, help keep them safe? So what are your thoughts, Selena? Yeah. So, um, supplements in general, I encourage you no matter what, um, discuss those with your, um, primary care provider. Um, especially if you have, um, some chronic diseases and are on several medications. Um, in general, I, you know, taking a multivitamin um, that has a lot of the vitamins and minerals um, that we've kind of talked about um, is probably perfectly fine. Um, in the vitamin D, there, you know, there is some um, evidence, and we've known there, there's been some research in the field of vitamin D and immunity for a while. Um, you know, but I would be careful. So. First and foremost, supplements are not regulated by the FDA, like many of our, you know, our other medications are. So, you know, I, I would, if I would be very careful if when you are um, buying a supplement and be mindful of the claims that the bottle may make. Um, a, kind of a, a something you can look for is the stamp from the U.S. Um, Pharmacopeia Convention. Um, that's a one here in the U.S. that. Um, can give you a little bit of peace of mind. Um, but my general recommendation would be that a multivitamin is probably perfectly fine. And vitamin D is probably fine. But the best way to get your vitamin D is to spend a little bit of time outside. Mm-hmm. And um, that will tie into some of the other lifestyle um, recommendations of, you know, getting outside, getting a little bit of activity that can help boost that Im- immune system. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm right with you there, you know, um, what I don't want to see uh, people doing is just taking a vitamin um, without trying to get 
more diversity in their food, right? I agree. Um, you know, so a lot of times we say, well, I've got a terrible diet, but I take a vitamin. Um, that, that, <laughs> that doesn't fix it, right? Right. Um, yay, you're getting some extra vitamins. Um, but back to that fiber, you're missing that, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, fruits and vegetables um, and whole grains are where a large chunk of those vitamins and minerals are coming from. And they come packaged with fiber, and, you know, other nutrients, depending on what they are, protein and carbohydrates and fats and those kinds of things. And when we just take a vitamin without trying to increase um, you know, some, some plant-based foods, then we're missing out on the, the benefit of that fiber that, uh, it, that comes in those foods. Um, now, if you've got a super picky kiddo, you know, who doesn't eat a large variety of fruits and vegetables like mine. I think they're trying to make me have more gray hair than I already have uh, by choosing the least healthy foods they can. But, you know, we give them a multivitamin because we're having trouble getting in, you know, fruits and vegetables. Doesn't mean we quit trying, though, right? We're just adding that in, um, uh, you know, to, to help meet some of those needs. But we're thinking about other ways to get fruits and vegetables in besides that. You mentioned right. that USP seal, you know, I can't stress that enough. You know, as you mentioned, supplements are not regulated by the FDA. And when we say that, really what we mean is there's no um, uh, governing body that is making sure what is in that bottle is actually, what the bottle says it is, that's actually what's in it, right? You know, it could say there's, um, you know, curcumin in there, but it could just be ground up dandelion weed you know right. for for all we know right or the potency might not be the same so there may be um what is says it's in there but not to the milligram or international unit or whatever we're looking at um that that actual amount in there so that usp verification is just kind of a an additional step that supplement manufacturers can elect to do that says that really kind of certifies that what's in the bottle is it's what it says it is on the front, you know, yeah. um, and it's important to remember, like you said, that uh, things shouldn't be making claims on the front of bottles. Supplements are not supposed to be able to say that they treat something or that they prevent something. Um, they can say that they support something, but not, you know, actual well, treatment for that. And so when we're picking supplements, if that's something that you're choosing to do, look for that USP seal. Um, and that usually means you're going to have to pay a little bit more for it, um, yep. you know, to get a, a, a higher quality product. And then the second part that you mentioned, which is talking with your primary care provider, can't reinforce that enough. That's so very important because just because something is, is natural or even based out of a food, we still all sometimes have to be careful, you know, depending on what kind of other medical conditions you have, what other kinds of medicines you are on, um, you know, can, can impact that. Some of these supplements increase bleeding time. And so if you're, you know, about to have surgery, we need to know if you're <laughs> on one of these supplements, you know, or if you're on Coumadin or, you know, Plavix or something that, you know, thins the blood or, or makes the blood slicker then we need to know because we might not want you to do that particular sure. supplement or we may want to choose, uh, you know, a different one that's getting the, giving you the same benefits without the side effects there. So it's just really important that you, you have that conversation 
um, with folks. Now, the vitamin D, um, you know, there there is some emerging data um, looking at vitamin D and COVID severity, right? You know, so people who, um, you know, required mechanical ventilation and, you know, more intensive therapy for COVID and whether they had low or high or normal uh, vitamin D levels. And, you know, the data is, is still small. You know, the number of folks looking at is still small. Um, but, it, you know, some slightly promising things that maybe folks who were vitamin D deficient had less great outcomes. But vitamin D is one of those we have to be careful with. It is a fat-soluble vitamin. And so you can get toxicity from that. You can get too much vitamin D. And so that's a, a great conversation, again, to have with your primary care provider or, you know, your OBGYN or, you know, whoever is taking care of you as to know what your vitamin D levels are to know if you need a supplement or not um, there. So, again, not just something to blindly add without, without having a, an informed discussion. So I think we've got a caller on the line. We're going to go to Houston and talk with Louise. Good morning, Louise. Hello, you're on the air. How can we help you? Oh, I was just calling to see if somebody done had the COVID or do uh, they still have a problem? What do they take? If they're still having problems, what do they take? So uh-huh. that really depends on what the, the problems are and how severe those problems are. So, um, you know, when people have had COVID and are technically considered recovered, right, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're back to 100% of their pre-COVID health, right? There may be lasting muscle aches and muscle weakness and shortness of breath or chronic cough or even some chronic GI stuff, you know, diarrhea and those kinds of things. So it depends on on kind of what what symptom you're still having as to what you need to take. But my advice is if you're still having symptoms, then it's time to get reevaluated by your healthcare provider to make sure that we don't have any kind of secondary infections going on or anything else that needs to be intervened with. So it wouldn't necessarily be an over-the-counter anything that I would recommend. It would be getting evaluated by your healthcare provider to see the best kind of course of action. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Dr. Elena Dent. And we've been talking about the role of nutrition and healthy living in supporting a healthy immune system and also working on prevention and treatment of chronic disease. Um, I think a message that is not getting talked about enough in the time of COVID is the need to work on our overall health. Um, Folks who have more chronic diseases tend to do not as well if they become infected with COVID. And so now's really a time for us to be uh, invested in making some some healthy lifestyle changes. And Elena, that's one thing that we've talked about before is I know with patients that I'm seeing that had kind of previously been doing, you know, pretty, pretty doggone well on making, you know, nutrition changes and physical activity changes. They've kind of slid backwards a little bit mm-hmm. um, uh, during, during COVID you don't and say. kind of feel defeated. Yeah. You don't say, right. Yeah. yeah um, haven't and we kind, all? <laughs> yeah. And kind of feel defeated. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's normal. Right. Right. And totally doesn't mean we just give up. Right. Right. I mean, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier in our relationships um, with food and health and wellness. You know, it, it's been a, 2020 has been a stressful year for many reasons, COVID being one of them, but not the only one. And um, so many of us, you know, have kind of gotten out of our routines or kind of slipped back. And it is so important to be able to stop and recognize that, you know, hey, you know, I haven't been doing as great as I was, you know, when I was working with Josie to make these changes. But now I recognize that, Mm -hmm. you know, what can I do starting today? to make it, you know, to make that better or to improve. If you hold on to that, just kind of discouragement and that negative thinking of, oh, well, you know, I've just screwed it all up because I, you know, ate terribly during the last three months, that's really going to set you up for failure. So instead, you know, try to have a more positive outlook of, okay, the last three months I didn't do so great, but I know the things that I can do. And I'm going to start today by trying to implement one of those um, changes. Yes. Like just, like just one. Yeah. You know, even, do- <laughs> even if that changes, okay, well, I've been going to bed at 1am um, tonight, you know, I'm going to try to get back on a somewhat normal sleep schedule right. or, you, you know, it, it doesn't have to just be um, food related. No, absolutely. The one that I see um, happening a lot is related to physical activity. Okay. So a, a lot of patients that I've had, or, you know, just a lot of people that, you know, that follow me and, and commune with me, we're utilizing the gym, right? Which is great. Yeah. Um, we had them enrolled in, you know, fitness programs or working with personal trainers or, you know, doing all these kinds of things. And they were, were going. And that kind of all came to a rather abrupt halt, you know, and kind of yes. got us back out of the habit of that. And that, that's expected. You know, that's not a a fault uh, of you that you weren't able to magically roll from having a structured exercise program to now kind of being, being on your own. Um, you know, but I would highlight the fact that you're not alone, right. You know, make a, make a buddy, you know, whether that is your healthcare provider, whether that is, you know, someone in your neighborhood, whether that is a family member and you don't have to physically be together, but hold each other a little bit accountable, you know, for, uh, for supporting each other, Um, you know, and think about the time that you had set aside for going to the gym, right. You know, maybe it was every day after work 
um, keep that placeholder on your calendar. Don't let it get filled up with something else because it will, if you don't, don't hold it, somebody going to stick something in that time slot and you know, you're going to fall back into that. I don't have time to exercise thing. So, you know, leave it on your calendar and then think about what you're actually going to do. You know, is that, that you're going to, you know, take some sneakers with you to work and you're going to walk around the parking lot a couple of times before you go home? Is that, that you're going to get out of your car at home and walk the neighborhood before you ever go in the house? Only you really know what's going to work for you. And sometimes Um, I think if you pair something like positive or that you enjoy with it too, like, for example, like if I go, even if I only have 10 minutes, you know, for a walk or whatever, I'll use that time to call uh, my brother and catch up with him or, you know, yeah. some someone that I haven't talked to um, just to catch up. And that's kind of, for me, kind of a positive reinforcement as well. Absolutely. So what my husband and I have started doing is when we get home, we take a walk and that's our time to catch up with each other on, on what has happened during our day, you know, and, and we kind of decompress and and talk about things that we might not have even talked about had we just, you know, come home and kind of plop down on the couch and cut the TV on. And so, you know, it's really been, been good for us that way. You can also FaceTime somebody while you walk, you know, if you Mm -hmm. normally have a walking buddy, FaceTime with them and and go for a walk with them that way, but just, you know, make a plan and then always say, make a backup plan. Right. Right. Because uh, right. life is going to throw you up pothole. Um, so you got to have a backup plan. Right. So if it's raining, you know, like we normally walk outside. So if it's raining, what are we going to do um, to, to, to still fill up that spot that we have on our calendar for right. exercise today? Just right. about being intentional there. Yeah. Um, now, I had a question that came in and it asked, it's asking about um, this lady is a caregiver for her elderly mother. Um, and the mother does not eat large amounts of food at a given time. She's not overly picky, but she just doesn't eat a lot at one time and has sure. trouble chewing meat and, and that kind of thing. So uh, the the messenger is concerned about making sure she gets enough calories and enough protein. Sure. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So um, first of all, if she has difficulty with meat, um, I'm sure this the person that asked is probably already chopping or mechanically trying to make those meats softer. But one thing she can do, which I don't encourage people to rely on, but a way she could kind of supplement to ensure that she's getting enough is to have her maybe uh, drink and insure, or it doesn't have to be that brand. It could be any off brand, um, but the insure not to replace the meal, but kind of in between those meals mm. um, to kind of give her some extra calories and protein and uh, vitamins and minerals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually, one of the things I recommended to her was a, a smoothie, if she would drink a smoothie, because yeah. that's a great way to get some fruit and veg, as well as, you know, maybe we throw in some Greek yogurt or something like that, that's going to give us some nice protein, calcium, good things that our body needs. So that was my recommendation there. And the second recommendation I had to her was to try and find a registered dietitian in her area. Yeah, that would um, because be depending on what types of medical problems uh, mom has, you know, maybe diabetes, maybe kidney issues. We don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. But people can have very specific nutritional needs depending on what type of medical conditions they have going on. So being able to get a good, accurate kind of calorie goal as well as a protein goal for this person's mom would go a long way in making sure 
at least peace of mind that you feel like you're hitting the targets that that mom right. needs to get there you know right and it may be helpful to try to get her to eat the protein rich foods first when she does yeah. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app.